Okay, so we're doing Daf Lamed Gimel. We're starting for the bottom mission of Lamed Beis, Amid Beis. So the mission is talking about obviously the mitzvah blowing the shofar in Rosh Hashanah, but here you might have certain things that are holding you back from accessing a shofar, and what are you allowed to do in order to fulfill the mitzvah, and what are you not allowed to do in order to fulfill the mitzvah? So the mission says shofar Rosh Hashanah ain mavir and all of us at You can't go beyond the tchum to get it. So there's an issue going beyond the tchum. Even on Yantif, there's an issue of going more than 2,000 amas beyond the city limits. So let's say the only shofar that you'll be able to get, or the only, the only shofar they're blowing you'll be able to listen to is more, is more than the drum. So you're not allowed to do such a thing. And the big rule of this mission, a very important thing, is that sometimes the Rabbanon will stop me from doing a mitzvah that's from the Torah. And the Gemara Nivamas tells us that the Rabbanon had the power to do that. As long as it's the Sheva al they're telling me don't do something, so I'm not going to violate it in the Rabbanon. And therefore, my inactivity will cause me not to do a mitzvah. That's totally fine. The Rabbanon can control that. So we're not going to go past the tchum, and I won't end up fulfilling the mitzvah. You can't clear away a pile like a mound of rubble in order to get a shafer. So over here as well, probably it seems like it's either a form of digging with Rabbanon, maybe muksa to get, to get it. In those cases, you're not allowed to do that. Low and you're not allowed to climb a tree. You're not allowed to climb a tree because it's a Rabbanon. It might lead to ripping off the branch, which is kotzer. You're not allowed to do level of Rukhunagabi, you can't ride an animal. The same thing, riding an animal is awesome Rabbanon because you might, as you're riding, uh, rip off a branch to use as a, to whip the animal. So you're not allowed to do that. But you're not allowed to swim. It's also to, um, to go to swim on Shabbos Yantif because you might go make like these like uh, rafts or like life, life preservers. You're not allowed to make those things on, on, on Shabbos Yantif. Therefore, you can't swim. So you can't swim to get the shofar, but so you also can't cut it. So here we're talking about like, Cutting either we show them learn differently. Either it means cutting out the inside, like you're trying to make the sound right. So even though we spoke about that that bony part on the inside, you don't necessarily have to take out, but to make the sound sometimes right, you would have to. So you're not allowed to do that. Or some we show them learns it means cutting it off in the animal. So either way, such a thing is forbidden. Then the mission asks, by the way. Not only is it usher to do a Durabanan to go to the mitzvah, but it's even usher to do a Daraisa. So in other words, we're talking about, let's say, cutting off, cutting off the horn from the animal. So if I do it in an unusual way, so it's only Durabanan. If I use a normal Kli, I use a normal implement that I would take it off to detach it from the animal, it might be a Daraisa. So the Mishnah is saying, by the way, not only is it also to do it if you're being violating a Durabanan, but if you're violating a Daraisa, it's also forbidden. Obviously, that seems like less of a novelty, which the Gemara will address. So you're not allowed to do it, whether it's a Durabanan or a Daraisa. And the mission then adds, If he wants to put water or wine into the shofar, you're allowed to. So what are you doing? You're making the sound, it's just going to sound a little bit better when you rinse it out. So that's not us. Ah, it should be Makavapatish, you're making it better. So the Rishonim say, very interesting Sephara, which is very Nagayan Hilcha Shabbos. This is one of the big Marmakomas. That since it's used very well without it, it's just like an enhancement that doesn't have a shame of Makabapatish. It's not called Makabapatish unless there's some element to affix to it. Whereas if it's really just the same thing before and after, just enhanced a little bit, that's not Makabapatish. That's why you're allowed to rinse it out with the water or the wine. Continues the Mishnah, We don't tell children not to blow the shofar. Avo and rather, we even like help them out. We, we, we entertain and engage with them until they learn it. Meaning we actually are encouraging them to learn how it's done. Now, what are we talking about here? There's, there's in general, there's a, there's, a, there's a reluctance that Chazal have to blowing the shofar on the Shabbos. Not that, as we've learned, there's, uh, blowing the shofar actually kind of has two angles why it's not supposed to be done. Number one, we learned back in the beginning of the parak that it's a chachma ve'in balach. It's a skill. It's like a very specific, unique skill. And therefore, 
We don't, Rabbanan don't want a person doing that in general. That's A, number one. Number two is that we have the Xavier that we saw in Masechus Beit, so of clay shear. When you play a musical instrument, we don't want, Chazal didn't want a person to do that on Shabbos Vinyantif. Those are both general forms of the Rabbanans which would hold a person from blowing and the chauffeur generally on Shabbos or Yantif. No, those are, so to speak, very weak to Rabbanans. They're lenient things. But that's why the Mishnah is saying that if it's a child who's blowing, we actually encourage it. Because all he's doing is these little weak to Rabbanans. And here we have the mitzvah of Chinuch, right? He's learning, he's learning, he's being trained on some level how to blow the shofar. That's a good thing. So since it's a good thing, not only do we not restrain them from blowing the shofar, we even proactively are involved with, them, with training them to blow the shofar. Continues the Mishnah. Somebody blows the shofar, misasik. What's misasik? So we saw this word, we're going to see it again today, where you're doing it without being mindful. You just, you know, you didn't realize you're just blowing and like randomly, and randomly the sounds come out. It's more that, it sounds like more than just that you didn't have intent to do the mitzvah, but you weren't, you weren't even intending really to make the sound at all. And where the Gemara will address exactly the particulars of that. And similarly, if somebody hears the sound of a shofar which was made, the sound was produced by somebody else blowing the shofar, even though the person who's listening is listening to the shofar and he really wants to be yotze, he's still not yotze the mitzvah. Because again, as we spoke about, even if the mitzvah is to hear the sounds of the shofar, you have to hear the mitzvah sound. And if the mitzvah, and if the shofar was blown in a misasik type of way, you're not hearing the mitzvah sounds. Continues the Gemara, my timer. What is the reason? So what do we mean, what is the reason? So it seems like the Gemara is asking, we should push away the Isurim, that all of the Isurim discussed in the Mishnah, why don't we just push them away in order to do the mitzvah? So the Gemara explains, no, shofar essay, it's true, the blowing the shofar is a mitzvah's essay, but yantif essay, velos essay. Doing malach on yantif is an essay and a los essay. The Torah calls it Shabbosim, that it should be positively a day of rest. When I do malach, I'm, I'm not making it a day of rest. And second of all, come malach So you have an essay and a los essay, an essay, docha los essay, Even though, and it sounds like an essay is docha los essay, kalayim betzitzis, right? You're allowed to do a mitzvah's essay even if at the expense of doing an Avera, but not when the, what's on the Avera side is also, also an essay. So I have an essay and a Los essay on the Yantif side, and I only have an essay on the Shofar side. So the, the, the Mitzvah of Shofar doesn't push it away. So that would explain if there's a Daraisa, why it wouldn't violate the Daraisa of, of, of Malach on Yantif in order to secure the Shofar. Aye, what about a Darabanan? It must be that the Rabbanan gave a chizek, called the Talkman Rabbanan, gave a Daraisa talking. And the Rabbanan said, just as if it would be a Daraisa of Malach on Yantif then you wouldn't be allowed to violate it, to blow the shofar, to get the shofar. So to hear, um, you're not allowed to do it. Now, there's another interesting question, which we showed him address here. L'chari, there's a much simpler reason why you can't say, at the time that you're going in to get the shofar, when you're going outside the tchum to get the shofar, you're not being mekayim in the mitzvah yet. The Gemara says that only if at the very moment when I'm doing the aver, I'm fulfilling the mitzvah, there I can say, but I can't prepare for an essay by doing an Avera. That's for sure not allowed. So in most of the illustrations that are given here in the Mishnah, it would seem that you're being over on the Avera before you do the mitzvah. So that should be even more of a simpler reason why it is that you can't say, say, say The Gemara could have said that as well. That you can't say the principle of the Chiyad wall here. Says the Gemara, So what do we say? We said that you can't do the Drabbanans, and then it said, by the way, Doraisa as well. So the Gemara says, Hash Drabbanan, I'm low. If even the do the Drabbanan, the Mishnah said you can't. Doraisa, me boy. Is there any question that you can't be over at Doraisa? So the Gemara says, The way you understand this is that the Mishnah says this, and it goes without saying that this is Aser. So it's a style that the Tanim will do. First of all, Drabbanans you're not allowed to do. Big novelty. Once I said that, it goes without saying it's unnecessary to say that even Daraisas you can't do. But the style of the Tana will be to tell it to you.
Continues the Gemara Tabad Amr so we explained that, right, there's two ways to cut the shofar off the animal. If you use a normal way, it might be a daraisa, abnormal way, it might be a darabana. So the Gemara explains like examples. Mishim shvos magola, if you use a sickle, which you normally is using to cut grain, you use a sickle to cut the horn, so that would be a darabana. Losa says akino, but if you use a regular knife, then that might be a problem. What malach are you doing, by the way, when you cut it off the animal? Interesting question. Good, good. And so, most of you should learn Makabapatish. In other words, I'm really, this is a great textbook, Makabapatish, because I'm really making the clean. Right? I'm making this usability. You can't blow the shofar when it's on the, when it's on the animal. So, if I did a Makabapatish with a knife, which is a normal way of severing it, so that's Makabapatish, that's, that's a Daraisa. Whereas if I use a sickle, which is a very abnormal way of detaching it, then it will be Daraisa. So, I'm thinking the same once you tell me not to do the Durabonan form, of course, I know I'm not going to do the Durabonan form. Says the Gemara, the same point. The Mishnah was just adopting the style of Zuvein Sarak Lomarzu. The Mishnah continued, If you want to put in water or wine, that's not Makamapadish. That's just enhancing the sound somewhat subtly. That's not a Malacha. If you talk to Gemara, we can make an inference here. In. You want to put in wine or water, that's allowed. But to put in urine, low, you're not allowed. And the point is, it would seem that that, that was a normal thing to do. Meirik Lion, in the Gemara's times, was always used as like a soap. It wasn't used by itself, but it was used as an ingredient in cleansing things. So it sounds like that would be a normal thing to do, to clean out the shofar, to put urine inside. The Mishnah didn't mention that. So why didn't the Mishnah mention that one? It must be that one's actually forbidden. Why would it be forbidden? To put water on and show his mother to cleanse it. You might remember this, we say this in the, in the, by the Pita Makatoras, that really wouldn't make sense for them to be for them to bring Meir Glime, but they don't do it with Meir Kavod. So there, the context is, you don't bring urine in the Beis HaMikdash. Here, the Nakuda is, you don't use urine on a mitzvah, on a mitzvah. On a Chavit Shal Mitzvah, even if, what's interesting is that even though it would make the mitzvah better, right? The sound's going to sound better, it's going to clean it out. But you still don't do it, you don't use a disgusting thing for a Chavit Shal Mitzvah. Okay, continues the Gemara, We said that we were very into the children blowing because of the Chinuch for them. But the Gemara, the Gemara infers that there's a different type of person who's exempt that we do restrain. In other words, women, women are also potter because it's a mitzvah as my grandma. Again, women have like really by custom accepted upon themselves to hear the sounds of the shofar. But women are completely potter from the sounds of the shofar. They don't have to hear the shofar. So it's a mitzvah as my grandma. So the Mishnah did not say whether or not a woman is supposed to blow, right? In other words, we have a woman who wants to blow the shofar. Is, is she allowed to do such a thing? So the Mishnah didn't discuss that. The Mishnah discussed children who are exempt. And the Mishnah said, the children, we don't hold them back. We even encourage them to do it because of chinuch. But what about women? Right? They don't have chinuch. So the Gemara says like this, that we would in fact restrain women from blowing. We wouldn't let them do it. And again, what's the reason? So this is not so clear. Without anything, you would say, the reason why we would hold them back is because in general, it's not good to blow the shofar on Shabbos or Yantav, as we discussed, there are Dravonas. But Rashi here, this is a very famous Rashi. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, you know why? Since women are totally exempt, because it's a time-bound mitzvah, and when they blow, they're over on bal Meaning the Torah says not to add on to a mitzvah. So if someone who is exempt from a mitzvah performs a mitzvah, it's like Rashi, that's bal That's extremely big chiddush from Rashi. That's bal taisif. means I perform the mitzvah with an additional aspect, right? Instead of taking dal and medium on sukkis, I take five medium together. That's Baal Taisif. 
But here, when I am a person who is exempt from the mitzvah, and I do the mitzvah anyway, that's called Daltaisif. Chedesh from Rashi. That's where Rashi learns the Gemara. So we would hold back the women, Al-Sta'avira, Baltaisif. So Frank the Gemara, ah, it says in a Paraisa, So it says that we don't hold women or children back from blowing. I just want to point out a Chiddush. Lafi Rashi, could a woman listen, according to the way Rashi is learning the Gemara now, it wouldn't be only a problem to blow the shofar. Lachair would be a problem to listen to the shofar also, no? As if you learn the Gemara without Rashi, that we hold the women back, out the abundance of blowing, whatever it is. It's not cliche or it's a skill. So then it's only blown. But if they want to listen, they're not doing anything. They're just doing the mitzvah. But if the Yisrael is the Baltaisif, so then Lachair, it's a problem even for the women to hear. So the Gemara says, anyways, what's going to be? We have a stira. The Mishnah is mashma. We hold women back. The Brisa says we don't. We allow the women to blow. So we have a stira. So the Gemara says, This is the Mishnah. The Mishnah, which implied that we don't allow them, is Rabbi Yudah. The Brisa that they are allowed is Rabbi Yosi and Rabbi Shimon. And what's the Machlekes? The Machlekes is one of the most lumdish points. If we say, Women are exempt. What does that mean they are exempt? Does that mean when they go and do it, it's not a mitzvah at all? And since it's not a mitzvah, so fakarit, it's baltaisif, the way Rashi learns that we don't let it happen. Or they might be exempt, they don't have to do it. But if they put themselves in it and they do it, they're doing a mitzvah. It's not pshat, stam, it's exempt, and if they do it, they're wasting their time and it's just a baltaisif. They don't need to do it, but if they do do it, they're doing a mitzvah. That's the machlokas, and therefore there wouldn't be a baltaisif. So where do we see such a machlokas? The Daniel says in a so by the mitzvah of smicha, a person brings a carbon, and then there's some yachanet before they bring it. So Dabra b'nei Yisrael. The pasuk says he should speak to the Jewish, the b'nei Yisrael. So we make a drasha b'nei Yisrael somcha b'nei Yisrael somcha. So there's a drasha that women don't have to do smicha. So Rabbi Yehuda says ain b'nei Yisrael somcha that because the Torah exempted them, it's forbidden for them to do it. And again, Rashi is going to learn why is it forbidden? It's baltoisim. The Torah exempts them from the mitzvah, and therefore they're mufka from the mitzvah. They're completely excluded, and if they go to do it. They're, 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 they're doing something when it's not a mitzvah. It's just adding on to a mitzvah. Yeah, the Torah part of them. But that doesn't mean it's wrong. If they want to do it, they could. Because in his view, they're putting themselves into the mitzvah when they do the mitzvah. It's a mitzvah activity. So therefore, what's the Gemara saying? That same machlaikas would now play out with blowing the shofar on, 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 on Rosh Hashanah. If you all like Rabbi Yosin, Rabbi Shimon, it's mutter. Because when they do it, it is a mitzvah. They're not obligated, but they're putting themselves into the mitzvah. Whereas according to Rabbi Yudah, the women are completely excluded. So when they do it, it might even be an issue of Baal Now the famous Machlokas are Rishonim, we pass on like Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Shimon. Rashim Simchos Rishos. And that's why we don't withhold women from blowing. Not only do not withhold them, we encourage them to do so. The Shaila is, are they allowed to make a bracha? That's a big Machlokas are Rishonim. Taisus here brings a long Taisus here. That's why it's such a short daft today, because of this long Taisus. That he wants this issue, he wants to know if we pass on like Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, that if a woman does it, then she is putting herself into the mitzvah. There's no, there's no baltaisif. So the shaila is, does that mean it's, if she does it, it's the same level mitzvah and she should say, Asher Kishon, or no? It means that we don't stop her, you know, it's a call to Misa mitzvah maybe, but that doesn't mean that it warrants making, justifies making a bracha. So Misa, this is a machlokas in the end, Sfaradim and Ashkenazim. Ashkenazim have the minute to make a bracha. Okay, says the Mishnah, we said, after all is said and done, that we mamish encourage the kids to learn how to blow the shofar. Not only is this true on a regular Rosh Hashanah, even if it's Rosh Hashanah, where we don't blow the shofar, remember, we don't blow the shofar because we're scared you might carry, we still are, are, are proactively getting the kids to learn how to blow the shofar. Very interesting thing. In other words, 
they didn't answer people, the kids were blowing it from practice. Very, for, for, for practice on Shabbos. The price continues. We don't hold him back from blowing Shabbos. Certainly, something is funny with this price. Amrit, first you say in the first part of the price, we help the children blow the shofar until they learn it, even on Shabbos. It sounds like we, we tell them ideally, go blow the shofar, like we're encouraging them to learn how to do it. For other time, but then the Tanya says, we don't hold them back, which implies, we don't hold them back, but we don't ideally tell them to blow it. So which one is it? So the Mar says, top of the base, so in the beginning, where we're mom is trying to help them out to blow, it's called Jigilachinah. So if it's Jigilachinah, he's chayv in the mitzvah. He's chayv in the mitzvah. So so because of Jigilachinah, it's mom. We're, we're we're really into it. We're really we have a strong basis for encouraging him to learn. But if he's low Jigilachinah, then we don't have such a strong basis for encouraging him to learn because he's not mechuyev yet in the mitzvah of shofar mitzvah So then we wouldn't ideally train him to do it. But if he's doing it, we don't stop him. Why? Because Lamai said he'll be a Gilachinach. Might not be right now that he's a Gilachinach. He might not be of the age that right now he's obligated into being trained in the mitzvah of Shofar. But this is preparation for the Chinach. So it might not be necessarily be a mitzvah, but if the kid already is blowing, you wouldn't hold him back. So when he's a Gilachinach, he's already of the age that he understands the mitzvah of Shofar. So then we mamish proactively encourage him to blow the Shofar, even on Yon's Shabbos. But when it's, when it's a situation that he's low a Gilachinach, and if the kid's doing it already, you don't stop it. Why does he need to learn how to do it? Isn't it just listening? Like we're saying he needs to learn how to build a shepherd, but that's not... Yeah. yeah, it's an excellent question. It's an excellent question. We've spoken about it a lot. It's machlokas, we're showing up, but the mitzvah, we're still listen. So if a kid is a gil, a chinuch, why is it so important for him to blow? So I would think the best answer is, the mitzvah, someone's got to know how to blow, right? In other words, I think we learned this in COVID, right? Everybody learned how to blow a shofar, right? Because the end of the day, yeah, it's true that the mitzvah is fulfilled through listening, but you have to listen to someone blowing the sounds of the mitzvah of a shofar. So practically, you're going to need people who blow shofar. Says the Gemara, we said that if somebody blows like Masasik, they're not Yotzeh. So the Gemara says, what's Masasik? Masasik means, Masasik means that you don't even know you're blowing. It's like totally absent minded, right? That you're just fooling around and suddenly the sound comes out. So that's where you're not Yotzeh. So the Gemara infers, somebody who, who, who blew with intent, just not intent to be Yotzeh, the mitzvah, like he blew to make a sound, then to make a song, then it sounds like you would be Yotzeh. So the Gemara says, We had this back five days ago. Whether or not Mitzvah Srikh is Kavana, we had a Machlokas. Rabba said, Mitzvah Kavana. It sounds like we have a Rabba's right. Because the Mishnah said, Misasek is not Yatsa. It sounds like if you blew with intent, just not intent for the Mitzvah, then you would be Yotze. So the Gemara says, No. This is Reb Chaim Gemara. What is the Gemara saying? The Gemara is saying like this. If you hold mitzvah tzrichos kavana and you hold that if you blow the shear you're not yotze, the vart why you're not yotze is because it is a misasik. The point is that when I blow without intent to do a mitzvah, it is as if it was done absentmindedly. It is as if it happened with by itself. Meaning to say that the nukut of mitzvah tzrichos kavana is that a maisa mitzvah is only a maisa mitzvah when I blow it. It's not the vart. This is such an important say. It's not the vart that the problem with Zerichos Kavana is that you did the mitzvah, but there's like a check log, check, check, you know, a checklist. Unless you had das to be yotze, then Lamaisa, you didn't get a kiyama mitzvah. No, 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 no. It's not a din in the kiyama mitzvah. It's a din in the maisa ha mitzvah. 
Just when you make a masasik, everyone understands there was no maisa mitzvah. It happened by itself, which is absentmindedly. There's no maisa mitzvah. The ma- like the mandama that mitzvah srikhas kavana, he holds that on kavana the pshat is there's no maisa mitzvah. That's what the gemara say. Pasha, you would learn there's a maisa mitzvah, but in order to fulfill the mitzvah, in order to have a kiyama mitzvah, you have to have intent. So no, you see in our gemara that the point of mitzvah srikhas kavana is that without kavana, there's not a maisa mitzvah at all. Says the Gemara, Shomayim and Masasik And similarly, someone who hears it from a Masasik is also not Yotze. So, in other words, I hear the shofar, I'm trying to be Yotze. But I heard the sound that was made from a shofar where the person blowing it was Masasik, then I'm not Yotze. Says the Gemara, Let's say I hear it from someone who's intending to blow the shofar to be Yotze the mitzvah, but he's not thinking about me, he's thinking only about himself. It sounds like you're Yotze. The Mishra says, I'm not Yotze only if I hear it from someone who's not trying to blow. It sounds like if I heard it from someone trying to blow for himself, I'd be Yotze, even though that person didn't have me in mind with his blowing. So let me tell you the Rabzeir, this should reject what Rabzeir said. This is also taking us back a few days. He said, have in mind when you blow for me. So Rabzeir is saying, it's not enough that you have Das to blow. And it's not enough that you have Das to be Yotze with your hearing. You need to have, the person blowing has to have Das that he's being Motzi, the people listening. So the Mishnah here is mashman not that way, because the Mishnah said all you need is that, that you hear it from someone who was trying to blow. You shouldn't hear from a Masasik. So the Gemara says, Really, you're right. The Mishnah could have made a bigger chedesh. The Mishnah could have said you have to hear it from someone who is trying to be you. But since the ratio was talking about Masasik, so the Seifa also spoke about Masasik. But it's really Agav, just following the symmetry of the Mishnah. But in fact, you're right. The Seifa could have told us a bigger novelty that you're not Yotze unless you heard it from someone who was trying to be Motsiyo. Okay, now we start the sugya, a very interesting sugya, all about the shear of the tekios, the way that the tekios are made, the sounds of the tekios. So the Mishnah says, Seder tekios shalosh al shalosh shalosh shalosh. The order is, you have to have three sets of three sounds each. What does that mean? Three sounds each. That means a tekiah, teruah, tekiah. And we're going to learn about the Makarim. The Gemara is going to tell us where the sources in the Torah, that each section, each of the Malchus, the and Shofars need that. But the point is that we need one set for each. We need one set and that's the set, is the three sounds. That's the point. Now we know that our minute is today, that by each set we do, we do three, right? The Mishnah is saying you need a total of three, right? The Mishnah is saying that you need one set for each. The Mishnah is saying the whole Seder Tekiyos is Shalosh, you need three, Shalosh, 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 of three sounds. In total, you only need, in other words, for Malchios, Sochonos, and Shofos, of each, you only need one set. We don't do it that way, right? We have a minute of doing so much more. At each one, we're doing all, we're, we're, we're doing three sets. So we have to figure out where that comes from. And we have to figure out how we suddenly get 100. We'll figure all that out as we go along. But Me'ikar Adin, to be Yitzh in the mitzvah, by Malchios, you need one set, Tekiyot, Tekiyot, Tekiyot. By Zachronos, you need one set. And by, and by Shofros, you need one set. Now, how long is a Tekiyot? Shir Tekiyot, Keshal is true. The length of a Tekiyot is like three Tekiyot. Very important mission. This line in the mission is very important. The length of a Tekiyot is like three teruahs. How long is a teruah? Ushir teruah, kishalosh yevavas. The length of a teruah is like three yevavas. A yevavas is like a, the shortest possible cry that a person is able to make. So according to Rashi, I'm saying it over like Rashi, it's three tiny little cries. So a shir teruah is like three cries. Okay, so erase everything you know that you're familiar with and just focus on the way we're going to learn the Gemara, Gemara Rashi. Rashi learns that a tekiah is three tiny little cries. Okay? 
Three tiny little cries. It cries, three avavos is a trua. And a tekiah is supposed to be ke Charles Drews. Okay, so very good. Here, here what we have is that we're going to have, according to Rashi, the, 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 the smallest little amount here for your tekiah. Your tekiah is going to be very, very short. That means just the sound of three little cries is the length of a tekiah, and your whole terua is simply three little, three little, because your whole terua is simply three little cries. Now, somebody blew the first tekiah normally, but then the closing tekiah, um, he made for the for, for he made so long that it was double the length. Again, Rashi just told us that the length of a tekiah is like a terua, which is three little sounds. So a person made double. Let's say he made the the tekiah like this, like the length of six. So what's the halacha? Does that count for the op- Could that count for two for like the opening tekiah of the next set? So the halacha is no in halacha. So it only counts for one. So the last tekiah only counts as the final tekiah for the first set. We don't divide it in half and say it's also uh, the opening tekiah for the next one. Let's say somebody already davened. He didn't have a shofar, right? You should still daven. And then he only gets a shofar afterwards. You should blow tekiah three times. Meaning, obviously, you can't daven again. You're not going to repeat davening. So you just blow three consecutive sets. One lezecher malchius, one for zakonos, and one for shofars. I just want to bring out a point. I'm a little bit confused about something. The Mishnah's case about a guy who blew the tekiah, a double tekiah, and he wants to count it A for the end of the, for the final tekiah of, of one set and to be the opening tekiah of the next set. I don't get it. What's the case? Don't you do one set for malchius, one for zakonos, and one for shofars? Anyways, the time-wise, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter. So Elamai, what are you going to say? The mission is talking about a case where you're not in the middle of davening. In other words, the mission is talking about a case like this. You davened already. And now you get the chauffeur. So what are you going to do? You're not davening again. You just do three sets in a row. What if in one of those sets, you did the closing tekiah double length? But shouldn't the Mishnah then have presented this din first and then gone back to that? A little funny, right? Okay. Says the Mishnah, now we'll just learn a general thing. General din about shliach tzibah. The same way a shliat sibar is chayev, meaning when you, the shliat sibar has to daven, right? He has to he has to lead the prayers for people. So everybody's chayev. Meaning, if you know how to daven, you're not supposed to listen to the chazan and be yotze. You're supposed to come and daven yourself. Don't be yotze with chazar sashats. Why should everybody daven? Right. The whole point is that's what a shliat sibar is. He's on behalf of everybody. He's gonna. Say the words, and everybody's going to listen, and everybody's going to be yotze. So the Tanakhama is saying, yeah, he's mostly the people who can't daven themselves, but for people who, who could daven themselves, they should say it. Rakam is saying, no, he's just mostly everybody. Says the Gemara, we have a contradiction. Our Mishnah said that what? That the Shir Tkiyah is what? Like, a, like, a, like, 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 like the three Turos, and the Turos are little whimpers, right? The lo, those little things. But Tanya says in the Bryce, Shir Tkiyah that the length of Tkiyah is only like one Turah. So very interesting. So we have a contradiction. So our Mishnah was saying, well, Shir Tkiyah Kishol is Truos. Here we're saying that the Shir Tkiyah is like a Truos. Like once, what's going on? So the Gemara says, Amar Bai, Tandem Kachashav Tkiyah to Kulubavi, Truos Kulubavi. Our Mishnah was saying the Tkiyahs of all the sets and the Truos from all the, the Truos from all of them. Whereas Tana Bro, the Tana of the Bright Set, Chad Baba Vesulo, he's only counting one of those sets and no more. So, Basically, what did it mean in our, in our Mishnah? Our Mishnah was saying that the length of the three opening tekios of the three opening tekios of the sets equals the length of the three of the three of the three truos in those sets. 
So the th- it's, it's an interesting thing. It's like a very funny way of, of saying it because why say it that way at all? You know what I mean? Like why, why Bechlal even mention it? But so really we're saying, we're saying the din is everybody agrees that the length of a tekiah has to be the length of a teruah. The teruah is three whimpers. The tekiah is like three whimpers. When our mission was saying this lashon, that the sheer tekiah is kishalos teruahs, what it meant is that all of the opening tekiahs together, which means three, should equal three teruahs. It's a very way of saying that the three tekiahs should, should, should equal three teruahs. So let's we'll go over the statement again so it should be clear. The town of our Mishnah said a tekiah should be like three turos. The Brisa said a tekiah should be like one turo. What's going on? Is it like the length of one turo or the length of three tekiahs? The answer is, of course, one tekiah is, this, is the length of one turo. 100%, everybody agrees to that. When our Mishnah said the length of a tekiah is, is like three turos, it meant all of the opening tekiahs together are like the length of three, of three turos. Because each tekiah is like the share of a teruah. So all of the three tekiahs together will equal three teruahs. So bottom line is, according to Rashi, a teruah is three little sounds. A tekiah is a straight sound with the same duration of time. The, and the amount of time that I can make three little sounds of a teruah. The Mishnah, when it said that the shir tekiah is kishol's teruahs, meant all of the opening tekiahs together. Meaning, three tekiahs will equal the amount of time of three teruahs. And the same thing for the closing tequilas. The three closing tequilas together in their amount of time will be like three turos. It's a very confusing thing. Why would the town of the Mishnah write it that way, right? The Achronim are a little bit bothered. Really, the din is tequilas like turo. According to Ashton, it's very simple. Tequilas like turo. Turo is three little sounds, and a tequila is equal to that. Three, the, the, long, the amount of time that it takes to make three, three little sounds. Why did the Mishnah say, Ashir tequilas kishalos turos? Oh, the town was counting all the tequilas that I will make. All the three tequilas together will equal the three teruahs. Why not just say, Sheer tequilah is like a teruah, the way the Brisa said it. The Brisa was a lot simpler. A tequilah should be as long as a teruah. That's a statement which is true according to everybody. The Tana said it in a very confusing way. The Tana said all of the tequilas together, even though he didn't word it that way, but that's where we're forcing it in. All of the opening tequilas together will equal three teruahs. Pretty confusing way of saying the information. But that's the nice of what we're coming out. Das Rashi, one tekiah is like the sound, is like the is a straight sound with the with the duration of time that you would make three short little sounds. That's Shitas Rashi. And the Tano, the Mishnah, everybody's on the same page, just they're considering it different. Says the Gemara Vaitir, Shir Tura Kashal Shivava. So we said a Tura is like three little whimpers. So the Gemara says, Hatan, you Tura Kashal Shivara. It's not like three little whimpers. It's like the shear of three shavarim. Now, what are shavarim? Shavarim are broken blasts. They're definitely longer. Rashi says they're longer than whimpers. So, so how, how much longer? It's very interesting. So the post-gamal assume that according to Rashi, a whimper is what we call one kol, the tiniest amount. So a shavar should be like two. Shavar should be like two, two kolas. So it's an interesting thing, just to bring out the point, just to make it very confusing, just so you get good and confused. How long, according to Rashi, is a tekiah? Don't tell me in time. Nobody cares about the stopwatch. Tell me in halachic terms. The amount of three koilas, right? Three, three little yavalas. Three koilas. Fine. How long? So it should be three koilas. Fine. How long is a shever? A shever, Rashi here says, has to be more than a drua. Has to be more than a little whimper. So a whimper is one kol. So a shever has to be how long? At least two. What if I made a shever which was three? Is that a shever? Could be not. Because the second you made it three, it's a really tequila. According to Rashi, Batoke has to be really good. Really good. Because he has to make his shvarim dafka two kolis. 
His tikiyas could be three, and we don't care if you make them more than three, but they have to be three. But the second is three, it could be a tikiya. Shir shvarim have to be between the one and the three. They can't be one, that's a, that's a trua. You're, they can't be three because that's a tikiya. So they have to be two. Very hard. If you ever notice, sometimes if you stay after davening, you'll see some frummies will stay and blow Rashi's tikiyas. We don't pass him like Rashi. We'll talk about this maybe tomorrow a little bit more. But if you want to be Yetzi Rashi's tikiyas, it's very hard. Very, very hard. And you have to have someone who's very good at understanding what the nuance of kolos are. Okay? I'm a big talker. I can't do it. But, but I can tell you if it's not good. <laughs> but I can't, I can't make the sounds. The kids are, so we have a kasha. Our Mishnah is saying that Shayer Trua Shal Shivavos. Here we're saying Shal Shivarim. Shivarim is that little two kolos ones. So Amar Abaye, you're right. There has to be a machlokas. The Tana of the Mishnah and the Tana of the Brayso must be disagreeing. And the disagreement is, it says in the Pasuk, it should be a day of Teruah. The Targum says the days of Yavava. So a Teruah is described as a Yavava. Our mother, Sisra, says, says she looked out the window and she was Tiyabe. Now we know that Yavava means like crying. So the question is, what is that type of crying? The Brayso holds that it's more of like a groan. So he describes it like a shever. And a groan is a little bit longer. So that's why it has to be, you have to make three, three, you have to make three shvarms. So everybody agrees that a trua is three cries. But what types of cries? The bridesmaid holds that it should be the cries that are moaning like, as the Mishnah holds, it means like a, just like a short, a short a sobbing sound. So that's why he said it's three, that it's three of them. So everybody agrees that it's three. A trua is three cries. What type of cries? The town of the bride's elder was three groans, three shvarim. So therefore, he was saying that you make three shvarim. Whereas the town of our Mishnah held that it was, that it was more of like a, a, a sobbing type of a cry, very shorter sounds, and that's why he said it was shalosh yavavos. Now, what's very confusing is that the Mishnah said yavava, and we know that yavava in the context of when the Tana used the words, he meant little sobs. But lamaisa, yavava is the word that they argue about if it means sobs or cries. Don't get confused with that. When the Mishnah used it, he meant like a tiny little cry. Even though that very same word of Yavava is the root of the dispute, if it means a shever or it means a Tura. So the Gemara. So just to clarify, everybody agrees you should make a tekiah, Tura, tekiah. That's Clark. The Shail is what a Tura is. A Tura is described as a Yavava. We don't know what a Yavava is. We have a Machlokas, what it means. So the Gemara, Rabbanah, just a little bit more. How do we know that we blow with the shofar? The Torah doesn't say. It just says, Yom Tura, Zichron Tura. By Yom Kippur, by Yovel it says shofar. It doesn't say by Rosh Hashanah. So Tamalim Ravat the shofar Tura. By Yom Kippur on Yovel it says you make a shofar Tura sound. Namely Yovel, I would only know Yovel Rosh Hashanah minayin Tamalim Ravachodesh Hashvi. The Torah says Ravachodesh Hashvi. It adds in the seventh month. Shein Tamalim Ravachodesh Hashvi. We already know Yom Kippur's in the seventh month. They could have just said Yom Kippur. Ma Tamalim Ravachodesh Hashvi. It comes to tell us she called Tura Shachodesh Hashvi Zeva Zed that all the Tura things that are made during the seventh month are compared to one another. So just as Yom Kippur on Yovel the Tura sounds are made by a shofar, so too on Rosh Hashanah. The shofar sounds, the the, the sounds should be made by a shofar. How do I know that before I make a trua, it should be preceded by a tikiyah? Vahavarta means literally like you make, you cause the pass. Like what does that mean? So vahavarta is a reference that you make a tikiyah with the shofar before the trua. How do I know that there's a, a tikiyah that follows it? We have an extra. Lashon ta'aviru, you should cause to pass through again is a lashon of tkiya. Maybe only by Yovel we have tkiya through a tkiya. Rosh Hashanah nine again the same point. Tamalomer b'chodesh Ashvi, top of the Amud Aleph. Shein tamalomer b'chodesh Ashvi. We know what month Yom Kippur is. Tamalomer b'chodesh Ashvi. Shein tamalomer b'chodesh Ashvi. 
We learned that it should all be the same. So it's very interesting. The Torah never emphasizes that way we do it, but we have to go to Yom Kippur. We learn from Yom Kippur, Vatar Shofar Tura and Tavir Shofar, that this Kia Tura Tkia, and then we apply through the Xerah Shava that this goes to Rosh Hashanah as well.